Hi, I'm Gertrude Keesley, and this is Kingdom Consciousness. Jesus said, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come, Matthews 24, 14. Before Jesus returns to set up his kingdom in its final form, the gospel of the kingdom must be extended throughout the nations of the world. In order to preach the gospel of the kingdom, we as kingdom citizens must understand the kingdom of God. Before we can become custodian to the keys of the kingdom, we must first experience kingdom living. In the past, much emphasis has been placed on the life and ministry of the king of the kingdom jesus christ and rightly so but not enough emphasis has been given to the gospel of the kingdom jesus told the religious leaders of his time ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men for ye neither go in yourselves neither suffer them that are entering to go in matthew 23 13. It was this gospel of the kingdom that was the central purpose of Christ's life. He began his earthly ministry by declaring the arrival of the kingdom. That's, you can find that in Matthew 4.17. He ended his earthly ministry by speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom, Acts 1 and 3. In between the beginning and ending of his earthly ministry, the emphasis was on the kingdom. Luke 4.43 says, And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore I am sent. The kingdom of God was the greatest concern of Jesus. His teachings and parables focused on the kingdom. His miracles were a demonstration of the kingdom of God in action. The phrases kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven are used over a hundred times in the books of Matthews, Mark, Luke, and John. We will explore the distinctions between these two. We are told to seek first the kingdom, to pray for it and to preach it. We are told how to enter the kingdom and taught that residency in it requires a new lifestyle. God is equipping his citizens to become kingdom minded so that we can understand the business of the kingdom. We are sons and daughters of the king. Everything about us is royalty, but we must first adopt the mind of Christ in order to understand what that actually means. We cannot have a poverty mindset and expect to grasp the reality of how much God desires for us to prosper. But there is a greater purpose than just understanding kingdom principles. Citizens must go beyond mere knowledge of the kingdom 
to actually experience it and make it the central purpose of our living. So I invite you to come and go with me as we explore this most exciting, interesting, and eye-opening subject. This is Gertrude Keister coming to you from Kingdom Consciousness. Let's just talk a little bit today about kingdom living here and now as we grow in consciousness. John said, repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now, one of the modern translations says, turn to God and change the way you think and act. Because the kingdom of heaven is near. To the Jew of that time, a kingdom of their own was a much sought after dream. Having had their kingdom taken from them and having been under the rulership of foreign nations for hundreds of years, their main desire was to be free, free to rule themselves. John came as an imitator and initiator, I'm sorry, one who was sent to announce the arrival of the kingdom of God. He came with a message much different, much different than the world anticipated. His dress, his ways were different. He proclaimed the arrival of this most momentous event in such a different way. Yet, something about him attracted the multitudes to him. His message, although it was different, it had meaning. His presence, different, but had authority. His message of repentance and the kingdom of God attracted multitudes unto him. Kingdom, king's domain, implies authority and lordship. Basically, Jesus came into this earthly domain, ruled by the powers of darkness and offered to all who were willing to receive the benefits of his world, which was the kingdom. The kingdom refers to the realm of God's domain, a realm of all sufficiency. Jesus illustrated the benefits of that kingdom through his works of forgiveness, deliverance, and healing. Now, is Isaiah expected a Messiah? The prophets of old had predicted the coming of this one who would deliver them. Their expectation, though, was a king who would come, deliver them from their enemies, and then rule over their nation as David and Solomon had done. They expected one who would rule with a rod of iron and avenge them from the suffering and persecution they had endured. What they failed to recognize was that their need, as well as ours, was not vengeance upon their physical enemies, but rather the enemies of the soul, things like sin, the devil and his works, and the self-righteous attitude of the religious. Jesus came, but so did many surprises. His purpose was not according to their plan at all. His ways was not what they desired. His message of repentance caught them completely off guard. 
In fact, he brought his world with him. John's message contained two main points, repentance and the coming of the kingdom of God. In introducing the kingdom of God to his listeners, he began by proclaiming, number one, that kingdom living requires true repentance. Repent means to change your life. We understand that most Christians repent enough to get forgiven, but not enough to see the kingdom. Number two, repentance comes from a Greek word, which literally means to think differently. Paul gives us a clearer understanding in Romans 12 too, where he uses two specific words to define the repentant attitude. He uses conformed and transformed. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Conformed means fashioned after. Don't be fashioned after this world's way of thinking. Transformed means complete change or metamorphosis. It comes about by a complete renewal of one's pattern of thinking. Repentance means much more than simply crying over our sin or even turning from those sins to follow God. When we talk about turning from sin to God, it's more the result of true repentance than it is the actual act. Repentance means you change your way of thinking. Only those who truly repent will discover the true focus of Jesus' ministry, which is the kingdom. Repentance could be described as doing an about face in life. You may say one day I was going in one direction in life and all of a sudden I changed in order to pursue another. Or perhaps the thing that cripples the church more than anything else today is hidden sin. Hidden sin keeps us from the purity that is necessary for us to have boldness and great faith. Hidden sin staggers the church. We repent to a certain extent, but continue with the sin we feel nobody else knows about. Repentance is incomplete until it envisions his kingdom. The focus of repentance is to change or transform our way of thinking until the presence of his kingdom fills our consciousness. One verse says, produce fruit consistent with repentance. Now, the enemy attempts to harness our affection and thinking to the physical realm in order to prevent us from seeing the spiritual realm or the kingdom realm. Only when we can remove our minds, affections, thoughts, and actions from this physical world or realm will we begin to experience the kingdom life that Jesus came to establish. Where are you in this process? Is hidden sin confining you and preventing you from experiencing all God has for you? Hidden sin prevents you from having holy 
boldness and the faith necessary to see great things happen. John's message of repentance further detailed God's kingdom plan, and that is that kingdom living is for the now. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Near is translated as at hand, near, nigh, or as the Message Bible puts it, God's kingdom is here. In Luke 17, the Pharisees were grilling Christ concerning the coming of God's kingdom. Christ responded by saying, God's kingdom is already among you. Kingdom living is for the now. It's not some long sought after event still to come. It's here now, but this is not the best of it. And it's not the final. Greater things are still to come. Kingdom living is available to all. In Matthew 21, Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees and church leaders. And in verse 43, he said, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation producing its fruit. Did you get that? Given to a nation that was producing its fruit. God is looking to bestow his kingdom upon those who will do something with it. The ministry of Jesus initiated its coming. The words of Jesus recorded in Mark 9, 1 speaks of this inception. Jesus said, I assure you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God come in power. Now, some say the kingdom came in great power on the day of Pentecost. Many experienced its radical transformation in thinking and in actions. Many experienced its power to heal and deliver. That power, that force is available for all right now. We can quit living in anticipation of the coming kingdom and recognize that we are just, now we are a part of it right here and right now. The kingdom came in great power on the day of Pentecost and many experienced its radical transformation in thinking and actions. Many experienced its power to heal and deliver. That power, as I said, that force is available for all of us right now. We don't have to keep anticipating Jesus wants us to experience it right here and right now. God bless you. Have a good week.